Hello guys, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. Uh, I'm Alex Whiteley and today uh, we're coming for a very echoey, acoustic, acoustically brilliant um, <laughs> Shrewsbury Abbey um, and I'm joined by Nigel and Isla. You've been on the show before, last time we did this we were on top of the roof. We right? went on the reef, yeah. It was <laughs> one experience that was, it really was. Thank you for doing that um, for us on the show. I mean, I just we were just talking because we've just been um, inside the organ in, in the Abbey, which was an amazing experience. But I will say, every time I come here, I always feel like I'm, I'm playing Assassin's Creed for real. If you never don't know what Assassin's Creed is, it's a game where you climb on buildings and jump on, leap from rooftop to rooftop. Is that what it's like working here? <laughs> yeah, a bit I of an do, adventure. Yeah, you never quite know what you're going to be doing, whether you are on the roof or in the organ or... <laughs> Um, Listening to Faithless on the organ. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Insomnia. It's an amazing place and it has so much adventure about it, you know, the history and culture. And, um, you know, I, I've always said, you know, openly, I'm not ma- I'm not a religious guy, but I do I think these places are massively important when it comes to community and bringing people together. You were just talking about, um, we're joined by Nigel, who's the organ player here. Um, but when people hear music playing, they'll just, come here they just end up inside the building um what do you think is about that what i think that's about nigel well uh, i have to say if, I, if i'm going if i'm visiting a cathedral or something somewhere else if i hear the organist playing um well perhaps that's because i'm an organist but i will always sort of hurry in to tr- try and hear it before the person starts mm. playing uh, and i think what's happening here is that because we've opened the west doors uh, yeah. so that people can see in and realize what's in here um they're hearing the sounds of the organ from outside, probably for the first time ever, um, because as, as we'll talk about, the, uh, the organ has got a lot of new pipe work, um, and it makes sort of more noise, um, noise that's needed um, because of the size of the building. But because we've got a, an organ that's, that carries in a way that it's never done before, yeah. um, people outside are hearing it, and they're coming in to see so what's this, going on. So this building effectively acts like a giant speaker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And plays it across the yeah, town. you can hear it. You can hear it at the cafe across the road, and I expect you can hear, even hear it at well, the English Bridge if yeah. you're walking this way. I got to remember, like uh, a few years ago, we went to Venice, me and the wife. It was amazing. And you know, you walk into the cathedrals and the churches and things yeah. in, in Venice. And if there's somebody playing music, it's like walking into a set of a movie, right? That's what it feels like. Anyway, it just feels special when there's that music playing. And I, I remember as well, we did uh, when we first started doing the. Uh, work for the Darwin Festival when the Shoes with Biscuit first began um, I started working uh, with Fiona at the Unitarian Church yeah. right and you know it was just a, a very odd but very surreal brilliant moving yeah, I don't know so you've got busy high street buses going past yeah. cars and you walk into the Unitarian Church or whatever church it may be and it's just Silent. It's just, just quiet. It's like a new, a different yeah. universe. Yeah. And that, I think that is a great refuge for anybody that's struggling through the stresses of the rat race, the shopping, the kids screaming, whatever it is that you need to get away from. These places are perfect for that, aren't they? Yeah. But then that's disturbed, isn't it? If there's somebody playing the organ rather loudly, you won't get the sort of the peace and so on that perhaps you're looking for, mm. but it'll be different. Yeah. Um, and of course, the organ isn't playing all the time, far from it. Um, and people are coming in and listening to the organ and realising just what can happen. Yeah. Um, how long have you been playing the organ here for? Then? Oh, well, I've been playing here for around about 20 years, off and on. Wow. Off and on. Um, um, I, I started off uh, 20 years ago, odd, um, just filling in occasional services. And gradually, as I, as I stopped working full time, I've had more time, so I've done more and more playing. Yeah. Um, such that in the last 18 months, when there hasn't been an organ here, 
uh, we've obviously sort of had to, um, uh, well, would basically it happened in services, but when we had services starting again, we were using a small temporary organ, uh, and it's just great to have this organ back on, sounding like it's never sounded for over 100 years. Yeah, let's talk about that, because um, that's what we're here for. History and culture and, um, you know, your heritage is very important. And these organs, huge, huge instruments are sometimes hundreds of years old, right? I mean, how old are organs in general? Oh, well, the, I mean, there would have been, uh, this, this building is a thousand years old, yes. as, as, as you know. So when this was a, um, an abbey with, with monks, chances are there would have been some sort of an organ here mm-hmm. accompanying some of the basic um, plain chant singing of the monks. But it wouldn't have been a very complicated thing. Might have even been powered by the, by the water from the River Seven, because that's what you can do to create um, wind and then gradually over the over the time middle ages um through the uh through the dissolution of the monastery etc etc basically um perhaps the organ got more complicated no record of it at all until 1806 there was an organ put in here at the back of the church uh, and then this organ replaced it uh, after uh, we're sitting at the moment in the in the um the extension to the abbey that was built in 1880s and at that point when the uh, the the 1806 organ was put into this area it re- it was realized just that it wasn't big enough it didn't carry and so in 1911 uh, the uh, organ builders William Hill and Son in London were commissioned to build this instrument uh, but they never finished the job and that's what we have now done that's insane. I mean, they, they, they were like, <laughs> that's crazy that, you know, 110 years, 111, 110, 110, yeah. 110 years ago, uh, you're still waiting for that <laughs> final parts of the organ they promised to build. I mean, there must have been a, a bit of a legal battle there. Yeah? <laughs> well, I think, I think it was probably, uh, probably down to money. Yeah. Um, 1911, very soon after that, there was the First World War. Of course. Uh, so you just imagine that all the best laid plans basically couldn't be fulfilled. It makes um, sense. And, a lot of sense. I mean, certainly. Certainly, uh, as far as I know, there have been 50 or 60 years of conversation about what to do with the organ because of the fact that it wasn't complete, because it was beginning to deteriorate in terms of the mechanics. Um, so we've now finished the job. We got it all working. Speaking of the mechanics, you know, this is 110 years ago. Um, I, 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 when it comes to rebuilding something like this, do you have to go into the archives to look at how the inner workings of an organ? And how does that work? Do you have to go to historians and mechanics? And, you know, what, what kind of um, dynamic are we talking here when it comes to rebuilding? Well, this? I mean, I, I did some research in the, um, in the British Organ Archive um, to actually look to see uh, what was said by Mr. Hill uh, way back in 1911. So we have gone back to see what happened. Um, and we have tried to uh, honour what he intended with the additions that have been made. So... What he said was needed has now been delivered. But I can show you later, I can show you the pictures that we took out of the archive um, um, of, of what, what he intended 110 years ago. Um, how has this been uh, as an undertaking for you, Isla? Trying to find the right people, the right parts, making sure everything's put, put the press together, all this kind of things. What's it been like as a job for you guys? I mean, we've been very, very lucky with um, the team Mm-hmm. that we've got here um, and uh, Gary our organ builder and his team um, are they are brilliant you know they can they have taken apart this organ literally bit by bit wow <laughs> take, um, a lot of the work 
has been done off-site. So it's been packed up into crates, taken off to workshops. It's been cleaned. It's been, you know, it's been fixed. The bits that were broken. And um, you may be wondering got- why I was laughing at that. I wasn't being disrespectful. I've just been inside that organ. Uh, and for the listeners at home that may not have seen the vlog that we've just put together for YouTube, you climb up a ladder, um, you go to one floor, you climb up another ladder, you go up to another floor. And was there another ladder? No, there were steps. Uh, but there is also another ladder up to a galley, a gallery up the top. Right? That's right, yeah. This thing is huge. It's like a, like a three-story house. It's, it is. It's, it's massive. like a three-story house uh, with different levels and different things on different levels. Uh, and two and a half thousand pipes. <laughs> two and a half thousand pipes. Some the size of, of a little tin whistle and some the size of, uh, I don't know. Well, 26 feet high. There's 26 a, there's feet high, yeah. Bong, as you hit it. You know? <laughs> so they take that apart. Wow. Intricate, right? Yep. So this has taken, uh, how long has it taken to build? 18 rebuild? months. 18, 18 months. months. Yeah. And what kind of, what fun, funds did you need to get together to build, put this together? Well, there's been a lot of fundraising. I, I said that they've been talking about what to do with the organ for 50 or 60 yes, years. And for much of that time, they've been fundraising as well. Um, so, so we, we have raised, uh, various sources, uh, best part of 200,000 pounds. But the cost is more than that. So we're still trying to, bridge the gap with the money that we raise wow wow and how important is this i mean 50 60 years talking about an instrument right i mean it's it's a very big instrument i gotta say it's very elaborate um but how important is it to have this thing working for the community well um it's it's absolutely fundamental to uh the way that services uh, operate in a in a building like this uh, and it's part of the musical heritage of the town um, so it's not just for services, it's actually for people to learn to play the organ, to demonstrate what it sounds like, to bring in people who will visit the Abbey just to hear the organ, or to hear the organ in a service, or to come and hear some famous organists play. So we've got uh, James McVinney coming here uh, a week today, actually, on the 15th of October, uh, fresh from a tour of France and fresh from performing in the BBC Proms. Uh, so we have attracted him to come and give the opening recital. So that, so it of itself, it will bring people in um, and help ma- maintain the skills that are involved in playing the organ. And because people will come in here, the place will be alive, and, and it'll serve the community as well. But that's the thing that I, you know I was talking about when I went to Venice. You know, going to these old buildings yeah. and hearing the music that they may be playing while you walk into those buildings. This is music that hasn't changed for centuries. You know, this is this is. Like you said, musical heritage. Yeah. Um, and that's what I find really appealing about. I love history. And we're, we're thinking of putting together um, a history podcast that's kind of for everybody's, you know, if there's, if there, if there's um, you know, context where it includes a little bit of swearing, a little bit of raunchiness, maybe a bit of gore, whatever. If it's, if it's history, we're going to sort of tell it as it is. We're not going to, we're not going to, you know, hide around the, uh, the insensitive insensitivities and stuff you know um and i think when it comes to history music is very important when they find like an old instrument you know an old roman instrument or something and they they build it and then they play it and you hear that sound that's what they would have been hearing back then that is very brilliant i love that you know so the fact that you've restored this and people are hearing sounds that would have sounded back when this organ was first built or <laughs> meant to be have been built or intended to, be intended built, to have, yeah. have been built um it's fantastic yeah. um so yeah i mean what, what are the plans to do are you going to be doing uh obviously you've got an, an amazing organ player to, to come yeah, and that's and, on the 15th of october yeah uh, and then the the next evening 
Um, we were to have a, an orchestral concert, but they have had to pull out yes. uh, because of the COVID restrictions. Yes. Um, so instead, uh, we've got a two-part evening. Um, and the first, the first part actually goes back to the heritage and history of the building. So uh -huh. um, it's, it's plain chant. Uh, one of the members of the choir, uh, Mike Sheehan, is going to sing plain chant. Uh, and then I'm going to play organ music that is related to the plain chant that he will be singing uh, and showing the development of organ music from basically from um, Tudor times to the present day. And so that's the first half of the evening. Uh, and then in the, in the second half of the evening, something really rather different, um, when there will be a live screening of the silent horror film Nosferatu, um, and against the silent horror film, uh, I'm going to be playing standard organ repertoire, some bits of well-known other tunes, uh, and some improvisation just to keep it all going. When's that going to happen? That's on the 16th of October, um, and we're starting the film at 7.45. That's on a Saturday, right? Yes. <laughs> I was wondering... Okay, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, with my other show, uh, US UK, um, we are doing a lot of Halloween-y stuff. You know, Saturday we're speaking to Mick Strawn, who made lots of the, 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 the physical effects for, like, horror movies and things like this. And so we're looking at, like, spooky, great Halloween-y type things that we can get involved with. And I think if we could come along and get a video of that or, you know, somehow <laughs> capture that somehow, my co-host would be so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be doing me a huge favour. Um, because, you know, we, we talk about these things and that's a precursor for any horror, horror film that exists today, right? Yeah. Well, I think sort of the silent movies and organ accompaniment, you know, it just seemed like a natural, it was something that um, myself and the vicar had sort of half-heartedly joked about. It was like, wouldn't it be amazing to have Nosferatu accompanied by the organ? Just as, you know... Um, we need to use hilly in as many different ways as Possible, we can. Yeah. You know, so, you know, yes, for, you know, first and foremost for ser you know for services, but we want to start doing lots of concerts, um, lot you know music festivals. Music sampling as well. I mean, I bet there's, there are, there are plays out there. I mean, I'm thinking about this history podcast I was talking about. We could use the organ here to sample some original music and use that as like our intro. Do you know what I mean? Things like that. Um, um, are you encouraging people possibly to come and sample some of the music from that to take away and yeah, use for definitely. different projects? Yeah. to make Hilly available to everybody. Hilly, the name yeah. of the organ, Hilly. <laughs> <laughs> Affectionately known as Hilly. Wow. Um, uh, and she's a very special, she's a very special old lady. Um, <laughs> but by, you know, by doing things like Nosferatu and you know, I'm trying to, I don't know when we'll get this going, but um, I'd love 
to do an orchestral version of dance music. Nice, yeah. And just doing something very, very different and getting a different, you know, just getting different people through the door. So not sticking with a very traditional organ repertoire, Mm -hmm. which, of course, we will continue to do, but also just doing new, exciting, different things um, involving different aspects of the community, getting different people through the door. You know, it's the only way we're going to survive. One of the most famous, oh, I remember the Phantom of the Opera is like the, the, the organs. <laughs> How many times do you get asked to play that night? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I, lots of times, but up to now I've refused. <laughs> but not for much longer. <laughs> well, we've just been hearing, uh, we, we will get a sample of it. We'll get under 14 seconds of that. Uh, iTunes, if you're listening, um, of, uh, of Faithless um, uh, Insomnia, which is an amazing idea. How how easy does normal music translate to organ music for you? Uh, well, uh, if you can play it on the piano, you can play it on the organ, is, is, is where I come from. Uh, and I can do a lot of playing by ear, um, so I don't necessarily need to have music um, in front of me, but it's just a bit of a comfort blanket, really. Mm. Um, so something like Phantom of the Opera, it's quite straightforward, really. Um, just a series of rather big chords. Um, and the, uh, and the thing about Insomnia by Faithless is just the rhythm that goes, yeah. uh, keep, keeps going. Yeah. Just keeps going. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we're talking about uh, concerts that go with movies. Star Wars at the moment, they're doing this huge tour of, um, Star Wars, the, the, the audio version, you know, they're, they're doing co- they're these huge concerts, orchestral concerts. And you can go and watch, um, or listen to Star Wars in opera, you know, yep. and amazing ideas where you can go and just enjoy the the songs of the of the films and Star Trek as well. Um, I do a show called Yelling at Clouds with my very clever artist friend uh, Eric Fluger, and he brought up um, Star Trek the motion picture, and I was like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's cover this film, let's talk about it. And he's very good at taking movies and concepts and explaining the actual the artistic importance of this and he's talking about the music mm. that that film was actually a musical <laughs> and i was like what and there's lots of slow motion build-up of them going to the ship and you listening to the music and it's always important to, to take to grasp that so i think you're onto a winner there and i hope it and pays I think off. we've got um we've got a few more um sing-along films in the pipeline so on the 20th of november we're going to do a sing-along frozen Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Not with the organ, just with a, just with a choir. Yeah. Um, we're also, uh, oh, I can't remember the date. It's in March. But we're going to do sing along sound of music. Perfect. Yeah. And, you know, we've got, you know, we've now, thank you to a lottery grant. We've got a massive four and a half meter cinema screen. Um, that'll come in and, handy. <laughs> and the, and the kit to, and the kit to do film screenings. So, you know, it's just another way to bring different people into the abbey. It's a different way to use the space. You know, I mean, it's perfect. You know, it's perfect for doing this sort of it thing. It is, and it, you know, it's just a different way of getting. You know, a, this building was meant to be alive. It was meant to be full of people. Yeah, and we've got to do everything we can to ensure that you know that it is full of people and it is at the very heart of the community. 
I mean, it's the historical significance of it all, you know, whether it's this place, whether it's St. Mary's, whether it's the Unitarian Church, whether it is in Shrewsbury, if you can come in and sample that during the day, like we're seeing a few people, and that's about, I don't know, less than half a dozen people wandering around now, having a good look at the, the archwork and the, you know, really taking it in. But the evenings, you know, you guys are using great initiative to kind of fill that building up. I feel like you're doing, we've got the, um, the, uh, the Abbey Fest that's going yeah. on soon. And we, hopefully we're going to be there with some microphones that's going to be great i'm really looking forward to that um and what else have you guys got planned i mean is there anything that on top of your head that you want to do that you can't really tell us i don't know what's going on Ooh, that's putting me on the spot now yeah um, i'm not you know i'm quite good at that but in a polite way i <clears throat> one of the things i am hoping to do um is i want to do a photography exhibition of our wildflowers we had you know, our beautiful wildflower meadow out the front, yes. which dozens and dozens of people stopped every single day to photograph. Wow. It was just constant and you know, we were getting tagged on Facebook and Instagram all the time because of all these beautiful flowers. I've been speaking to the um, seed suppliers and they don't normally supply things retail. Okay. But I'm hoping that we are going to be able to sell the seeds that were the seeds that we used out the oh, front. Okay, so that they can replicate that. So pe- you know, people can buy the flower seeds. All funds will go towards the abbey. Amazing idea. Um, but to to sort of launch that, I want to do a um, photography exhibition of all the wildflowers because. There's so many photos out there. There's so many amazing photos of all our wildflowers out there. It's one of the best things I saw about the the, the pandemic was the flower bombing. People were just flower bombing parts of the yeah. of the country, roundabouts and little grass patches in towns and stuff. You know, very very exciting stuff. It's fun. It's anarchy in in a very cute, brilliant, beautiful <laughs> way. Um, so you've been doing this for twenty years, Nigel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to remind you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, is there? Do you have a number of uh, the next Nigels, the prodigies, the people that will carry on your work in years to come? Are you teaching well, people to play the I mean, organ? I, I'm, I'm not teaching anybody at the moment, but but we do want it um, to get young people to come in and learn to play the organ and to learn how to play for services and all the skills that are involved. Um, and yes, I mean I'll help anybody that wants to come in and, and learn what's what's yeah. involved. Um, I think organ playing at the moment has probably caught on in a bigger way than it has done before. This year's uh, BBC Proms have featured a lot of concerts with their um, big Willis organ, uh, and they've been absolutely, fantastically well received, uh, which is why we're so lucky to get Jamie, uh, James McVinney coming here. Um, and I, I suspect that there's a revival of interest in organs and organ playing. Um, not quite sure why, but it's, the timing just feels right at the mm. moment. I feel like you've got to, you can listen to, you know, organs being played on the telly or you can listen to it on this podcast if you want to put some on there, but you've got to be there. You've got to feel those vibrations, yeah. haven't you? It's like being at the cinema. You know, you're just playing music for just now, playing those real deep notes and just the feel of the rumbling. Yeah, of you can actually feel yeah. the music through your body. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I really do. I, I love that so much, you know. I mean, I love going to see live music anyway, but if it moves me like that, you know, I, yeah, it's fantastic. I love what you guys are doing here because you, you're doing something new by incorporating something old, but ancient, brilliant, 
heritage you know it's just fantastic that you're doing that um how has how the community helped with you guys have they been pitching in have they been uh, sharing things for you or helping get you information yeah in terms of with the, with the organ you know sort of have many people been pitching in towards it and, and sort of helping you guys out i had it with um you know, we had lots of you know lots of people have um you know come to organ recitals you know, uh, nigel cycled from land's end to john grapes to raise money wow, <laughs> <You> wow. <know? laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of fundraising going on as i say i would say probably for the best part of 50 years there's been fundraising of some sort or another and that's all been by the community uh, we've also had um, a lot of people, um, the, organ, the organ builder is a small organ builder, and so he brings in subcontractors. But uh, we've actually had volunteers from the Abbey carrying pipes, um, and that's been pretty interesting brave, because you learn a lot about souls. how to actually build an organ. Um, but some of those big pipes, each would have to be carried by four people to stop them sagging in the middle. Wow. Um, and so, you know, to, you imagine to lift a big pipe like that up uh, uh, vertically into the of top of the organ um, there's been some pretty interesting sort of experiences <laughs> quite, it's quite a tight space as well isn't oh, it, it is quite quite a tight space yeah so so there's been uh, there's been a sort of volunteer sort of um, uh, core of people that have actually helped with the moving of the material around the building so now that the organ is is together you guys can take a relax on the fundraising or is there anything else that you guys are sort of still Still money to go. Yeah. Because I remember you saying you want to lift the pews up and, and fix yep. it underneath there. And yeah, it's a lot of lots to go. There is lots. There is lots and lots. Um, yes, with re- I mean, the removal of the pews. Oh, no, let me say the replacement <laughs> of the pews. Um, you, it just opens up the space. Yeah. Um, to be able to do so much more um we're hoping that the pews that we will or the pews that we will get will be movable and stackable it will still very much look like a traditional church when it's set up but then it just allows us to open up the space you christmas markets and um you know, gala balls and fundraising and, you know, yeah. all this, you know, all these sorts of things. Um, you know, it's a huge building and having the pews sort of fixed right in the middle um, is, you know, you know hinders yeah. And there's a lot of yeah. um, you know a lot of what we want to do. I think it was you that taught me. It was you that taught me that these were meant to sort of separate people. Yes. Views, not yes. Bring it's all together. yeah. It's all yeah. you know. It's all about hierarchy. Yeah. You know the posh people at the front. You know cheap seats at the back. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you do look at those pews and you do think church, but I mean, I feel like the idea of like an amphitheatre type like seating arrangement would be so much better um and you know you've got those um those those the what they call in america what they use where they, they push the, the seats back and they fold up you know those sorts that seating mm-hmm. um that you get in the, the gym in school you know that, that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? like, it will be we'll have a much more elegant solution yes that. i bet i bet i bet i bet um I think what you guys are doing is amazing. It's great that we've had this catch up because the last time we spoke was uh, the end of the last lockdown, wasn't it? Um, so we've had quite a while <laughs> between there. It feels like forever, doesn't it? You know, yep. 
um, you know, there's been constant problems. I mean, obviously, COVID isn't going away. Um, it's one of those things that's we constantly on our minds. What's going to happen? What's not going to happen? You know, and um, when it comes to events, uh, are you guys insured for events and things like that to make sure that they go ahead? Or if yeah. you you put a lot of effort into something, you get something back if it doesn't go ahead. Because I know there's been that sort of I don't know about anxiety it. about things. Um, I don't know about Mom, whether we've got. <laughs> are you? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know whether we've got event insurance for COVID, um, but I think you know, we are. You, we can do things by you know, reduced capacity. Yes. You know, um, you know, luckily we are such a big building, and we have lots of doors, lots of and space, we can get yeah. you know we can get that fresh air through. We can you know um, follow. You know, we can. Follow the guidelines all, you know, and stuff. Yeah, follow yeah. all COVID guidelines. Yeah. I mean, you know, for fire eggs, we can have 550 people mm-hmm. in the building, but you know, we can reduce that down so just everyone's got more space. I think, and that again, with you know, with changing the pews, that again allows you know people just to space spread, out, you know, to yeah. space out. Yeah. Um, how imminently is that going to um, happen with the pews then when you're looking at doing that I mean to put you on the spot how long, like, is, it, how long is a piece of string <laughs> it's on the pipeline <laughs> we just don't know how long the pipeline is I mean the <laughs> diocese told us in 1987 to remove the pews oh okay <laughs> and they're still here yes we are we're a grade one listed building a scheduled monument. Yes. You know, the red tape is phenomenal. I imagine. I love the sound of ch- children's <laughs> laughter in a place like this. It's amazing. Um, well, you guys are fascinating. I, I love co- talking to you guys, and we will we'll support you in any way we can. So if, if there's anything you need help with publicly with the biscuit or anything like that, if you want us to turn up at events, vlogs like we, what we've just made, we'll, we'll, you know, people will watch that and they'll get an idea because... I have. Ne- I didn't even know you could get inside an organ. Never mind. I've actually been inside one. So thank you, Nigel, for showing me that. Yeah. Pleasure. Um, yeah. I mean, eighteen months ago, I. I don't. I don't think I even had an opinion on church organs. It was just sort of. <laughs> it was just a something that was there. Yeah. yeah. And they are. You know, they are just fascinating and amazing and the scale of them yeah and you know f- from you know the tiny pipes to the massive 25 pipes. feet <laughs> pipes. And, yeah that's right <laughs> you know the um the engineer you know the engineering behind them the but also you know the workmanship and you know the quality of the wood engraving and um you know just all of it you know, there's so many different fascinating aspects yeah, it's, I just can't believe it all came as a flat pack kind of thing, you know, <laughs> most intricate, most de- um, complicated flat pack you'll ever see. I, I thank you so much for showing me that today, seriously, um, and then playing it as well. Um, what, we, what I think what we're going to do now is going to hear, um, are we going to try Faithless again? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Improvisation, I think. <laughs> We'll try and get a bit of music recorded on the podcast and we'll try and mix it in. But um, where can people get in touch with you guys if they want to sort of support you and volunteer or anything you need? So you can, st- um, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. So Facebook, Shrewsbury Abbey. Mm-hmm. Instagram, we're um, at official Shrewsbury Abbey. Okay. There's our website, www.shrewsburyabbey.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you 
uh, we're and, there. And, and come along to our events on the 15th and 16th of October. Yeah, well, I'm going to get this uh, this podcast out. So as this goes out, it's Monday today. It's this week, guys. So uh, make sure you check <laughs> Facebook the, and the website yep. for, for details um, for, for coming to these amazing events. And, um, you know, thank you again for letting us be a part of all this. You're very welcome. We love what you guys do. Um, listeners, uh, I can't tell you about Podade anymore because Podade is gone. It's been done. I, don't, I can't talk about it anymore. But um, I want to say thank you to everybody that supported us for that. You know, we did the 24-hour podcast. We raised over £1,100 for Lingen Davis. So a massive, huge achievement to everybody that took part. Um, uh, I want to say thank you to all of my co-hosts, from, both from The Biscuit and from USUK, US, UK. Um, and our sponsors as well, Reach, Web Orchard, um, and... Uh, um, the guys at Shrewsbury Town, the community, letting us use the venue. Um, and uh, Charles and Heather Densecom as well for letting us use the, the camera from uh, micro videos. You guys are amazing. And Trevor from SAS as well, and give us some equipment. Uh, it was an amazing event. Uh, but you know what, guys? You can give us some support by uh, by listening to the show, sharing the show, telling people about it, you know. Go to our website, which is the shrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. It's a great website with all of our content there available, and that's made for us by our friends at Web Orchard. We are on Instagram. We are not Instagram. We're on Spotify. We are on Instagram, but we're on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, and you can even tell Alexa, Alexa, Siri, or Hey Google, and they'll they'll play the uh, the, the, the Shoes and Biscuit podcast. So, thank you for your support, and we'll catch you guys next time. Cool. Thank you. Thank you.